0: Cyril, what a beauty!
1: G'day, community. Welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Leg Dog uh, coming off the back of round two. I'm joined by you, Patch, the man in orange. How are you?
0: Hello, Lek I'm good. It's a historic week, Lek It is a historic week and a historic time because Sunday marked the last time ever until he retires, that I will not have Nick Dacos in my
1: super coach team. <laughs> it was a historic day for many. Uh, got a few people, including two hosts of this show, got scared off by the tag yep. in the preseason. Turns out Nick Dacos doesn't care about a tag. The no, man he... is a beast. A lot of coaches, he'll, he'll be in close to 100% of teams uh, this week, I'd imagine, and of course, this will be the week that he probably underperforms a little bit, but... He is so unbelievably good. He's
0: rather good at football, which again we were told. People were like, "Oh, hey, Liz Nick Dacos, kid could be quite good," and we're like, "Yeah, but second year, he'll." Uh, I'd, not I'd good like enough to... for the number oh. one
1: pick, though. Unfortunately, no, not, good, not good enough. Not quite good one. enough.
0: Not quite there. But twenty-one anyone that I scared off, Nick Daycos, twenty of the fifty-five percent of people that didn't have him at the end of last week. I'd like to formally apologize because I, <laughs> I was wrong as hell, and uh, I know I'll be wrong as hell again, but to this magnitude, I'd, I don't know. I'm not quite sure.
1: No, we can't we can't win them all, and that's why we should all just pick our teams in December and not touch them because yep. my team in December certainly had one Nick Dacos in it. Patch, let's go through the injury news first because there's a few injuries. We'll touch on the pod as we go along about replacements for these guys, but we'll just get them out of the way. We're recording this Monday night, 27th of the 3rd, 2023, just so you know if any other injury news comes out uh, after this. So Jack Steele, broken collarbone, will miss a month. I had him in my team. Disappointing to see. Came out and got five disposals in a quarter with with a a broken goal
0: How? How do you... I I cannot fathom that. I mean, you love the commitment to him wanting to score fantasy points, but on the same token, they were up by, like, eight goals. Why are you out there, Jack Steele? What the hell are you doing?
1: The man is a beast. Speaking of beasts, this one hurt a few, including myself, who was very chuffed after a round one score of 140. Max Gorn, essentially done... Like, may as well have been at the opening bounce. Uh, he'll miss four to six weeks at least, you'd think, with an M, M uh, medial ligament injury. I don't know what that is. It's not an ACL, which is good.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's no bueno, but it's, it could have been more bueno.
1: It could have definitely been more bueno. Uh, so Max Gorn's out. Five was a laid out. He'll probably miss again. So if you're an owner of an at-fife, I think we can probably move on. Our very own Matt Forrest reporting that Jeremy Cameron is battling a rib injury and may miss this week. So if you wanted to bring him in after a massive, amazing performance against Carlton, probably don't. Josh Kelly, Lockie Whitfield, they're expected to play round three, though. That's no lock, obviously, because of that concussion. And then the other one that's probably going to be affecting a few people. It looked like Jacob Hopper was dead at one point during that Richmond game. He came back on. He was very good, but... He seems likely that he's gonna miss with a knee injury. Jaden Short will also miss. Um if he misses, we just need to know how many weeks he's out for patch. If it's a one week or they think it's gonna be a one weeker, I'm probably unless you've got no other issues, he's probably one you can hold. However, uh, if they come out and say it, you know, it could be two weeks, that at this stage would be enough doubt for me to just to just turf him.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have a, a chat about um, who we, we really want and really need to get into our sides um, shortly. But, um, yeah, if it's only one week, then certainly on the back of a, you know, what, what his ceiling can be, he's proven that he can do it. And in the real deal, you'd be inclined to hold if, if that's possible and if your rookie coverage on the bench holds up.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. We do t- tend to have plenty of rookies this year. Uh, at this stage particularly in the midfield Connor Rosie he had a knock in that uh Port Adelaide uh Collingwood game he didn't have to do any concussion p- protocols or anything like that but it's just one I'm going to monitor throughout the week I mean it's like it's not like I'm going to trade him but he's certainly one that I want to watch and I think that's probably all of the super coach relevant injury news for us
0: only other potential one was Finn Callaghan uh, Callaghan,
1: Finn Callaghan.
0: Um, Copter, to, a cop to knock in 30% of sides. Only scored the 45, was in the second quarter, I think it was. He got um, cleaned up pretty pretty hard, um, fell to the ground, clutching his shoulder. Managed to come back on, but gee whiz, he didn't want to really be doing too much when he was back on. Wasn't tackling, wasn't really throwing himself at the ball. So there's every chance there that, you know, if that doesn't come up, then he misses a week. Um, and that 45 as well is not not quite the number we wanted on the back of his 101 in the opening round. So, I don't know, that, that's one to monitor there if you're an owner of Kala Khan.
1: Yep, one to watch. will definitely touch on him. A patch, before we dive into things, do a quick round review of our own sides, just because people seem to be interested. People keep asking on Twitter. I managed to pump out a 2200 without Max Gorn's score counting. Uh, well, I guess it did count. It was 0 which, patch I was happy with. But the, the real highlight for me, I mean, we're going to talk about him later. But the real highlight for me was obviously your man, Will Setterfield.
0: Oh, oh, setters, huge. Um, yeah, 147, which we, uh, I thought he'd do good. Didn't think it'd be averaging no. 123 in the first two rounds good. But, uh, no, yeah, he I was, was thinking
1: like 80. <laughs>
0: like... I was, I was 90, 95. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was huge. And uh, well, speaking of the the twenty twenty three premiers Essendon, I uh, I regret not starting Mason Redmond after he was in my side for months and months, and has pumped out one eighteen and one ten to start the year. Um,
1: yes, he has. Yeah. Been, he's been very good. The the only question mark I still over have have over him, and hey, it may not apply. You may go through the season undefeated. Is that uh, last year in losses? Versus wins, the, his point differential. I can't remember the exact number, but it was massive. It was a massive um, standard deviation in wins versus losses. However, I'd, if he at Catterfield keep playing like this, Patch, you might have no buys this year.
0: We're not going to have any buys. We're we're winning the whole damn thing, like dog, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's I uh, get
1: your hopes up so
0: high. I am blocking out all of September, just all of it, just blocked out. We were going for Harley Reed, a, you know, a month ago. I was all the more the Harley Reid <laughs> trainer. Now, don't care. We can have pick 18. I'll cop that.
1: Uh, I don't really want to harp on our teams too much longer. I've got one question for you because I think this is someone that we both own and most people out there would own. Tim Taranto, he has to do a lot to get his points. 95 on the weekend. He, he seems to have to work really, really hard to turn up. Yeah. Slight concern. I, I put a pin in it last week. The pin is now. Uh, I, am I putting the pin in deeper, or am I pulling the pin like, out slightly? Are you
0: twisting the pin? I'm like, twisting the pin. Yeah,
1: and I'm tapping. I'm I'm close to tapping the sign. I'm my finger's pointing at the sign. Do not don't, make me tap the sign. Don't
0: make him tap the sign, folks. Just don't do it. You don't. You don't want to see him tap the sign. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, it's it's not great, but also we kind of knew that he's always been an accumulator. He's always been kind of a. You know that Darcy Parish mold where he can have thirty-seven touches and not ton up, um, but I we we knew that he's in the role where he can accumulate, and that's just how the cookie's going to crumble. He'll still be a top-eight midfielder, Uh top-eight midfielder, top top-eight forward, um, barring injury. So I like, yeah, we're not going to see that ceiling. It of, yeah, it is what it is. That's just the way the way it's going to be, little darling. So uh, let's,
1: before we jump into the player sort of breakdowns and analysis, are you and should everybody listening be making three trades this week? Oh
0: yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be making four if I could, but uh, no matter how much I I yell at my beloved Tim Mitchell, he he refuses to budge and says he can't physically do it and it's not possible. And also it's not ethical for him to accept hundreds of dollars in bribes and la-di-da-di-da. but anyway, so I'm making three trades. Yes. I, yep. I don't see, unless you're coming first, in, even if you're coming first, even if you're coach, coming first, you're making three trades this week. Hit that boost button, baby, fly away. I don't care if you used three last week. Just Do it again. Do it again. I
1: don't, yeah, I don't believe there's anyone out there that can't benefit from using three trades this week, even if it's a, a rookie correction. Obviously, we've been lucky. There hasn't been a heap of rookie cullings yet. Between round one and round two, but round two and round three, I think we're not going to be as lucky. For me, patch three trades as well. I've got two force trades. I've got Jack Steele and Max Gorn that have to go. And then it's a question of assuming, let's assume all my rookies get named. Then it's a question of, you know, do I turf a a Bailey Dale who's been bad or do I upgrade a Liam Jones? So I'm I'm definitely looking at bringing turning. Uh, Steal Gorn and Jones into three five hundred k players. That's where I'm currently sort of yeah. Well, got look, my mind. looking
0: looking at the broad strokes of it, we've spoke we spoke a little bit last week about it. Where you know we needed to get the rookies right. Um, what what is the focus this week? Is the focus getting the points on the field? Is it chasing Nick Dacos at all costs? If you're an absolute <sighs> buffoon who didn't start him, how can you yes. be so <laughs> stupid for not starting him? God. Or are we making three rookie trades? And you know if you've got. Nick Madden, you've got one other rookie that's not playing, and you've got, you know, Campbell Chesser, say who's averaging twenty one. Um, is your focus fixing them, or is your focus on, you know, if you don't have injuries to steal or gone on fixing the mid prices like your your Tanner Bruins, who are not quite doing the thing that we wanted them to be doing.
1: I think it's I think it's the same thing we said last week. I think it's about value and bringing value to your team, and that, that that's that's it. That applies to a couple of things, right? That applies to a guy scoring points above his current price point, which is about to change. The prices change from the end of round three onwards. Uh, The round one score only sits in a player's price change calculation for this first week. So if they had a shit week or a good week in the first week, it kind of only matters now. But anyway, so there's two things we want to look at. We want to look at points uh, for their price and we want to look at uh you know cash gen so i guess that's technically the same thing but when i talk cash general i'm talking you're really cheap players when i talk value for price i'm talking sort of your mid price up and i think we can achieve that that that's the focus however you go about that your three trades should all be achieving that so if you're trading max Gorn like i am to let's say darcy cameron darcy cameron is both making me cash for because I'm trading 600k to a 460k, but Darcy Cameron's also value because his points are outperforming his price. So likewise, equally,
0: you, you then wouldn't trade Max scorn to Sean Darcy, who scored what 30, 40. He scored not a lot and is more expensive, and his price is about to plummet off a cliff. You'd be you'd be steering clear, regardless of the form. Mm. Out of principle, you'd be steering clear of a player like Sean Darcy, who's on a dip, on the way down price-wise, and also you're like, ah, is he going to score well? I don't know. Luke Jackson's doing a lot of ruck contests and also not scoring. Like, yeah.
1: Whereas a Tim English at 580K, based on his form so far, averaging 137 from two games, 139 on the weekend. Another one, he's still expensive, but he does present value. Now, there's a whole range of reasons I'm not going to trade probably to Tim English, including Bevo. Um, Atana Bruin is a great example, Right. It's all about getting our cash generators correct in this round. So you can go two ways with a Tanner Bruin, and we will get into more detail on these plays. But one way to look at it is, all right, points on field and value, will set a field. Or can I make 150K by going Tanner Bruin to Harry Sheasel? He's going to jump in price. Tanner Bruin's going to dip in price. And with that other 200K, I can fix a Campbell Chesser to a... To a will set of field or, or something like that. Like yeah. so, for me, it's all about value for money this round, and that could be a one hundred and twenty-three k player. That could be a five hundred and eighty. I don't know how much Tipping Kush is. I can't see it on my screen. Five hundred and eighty-one thousand dollar player. It's just about value.
0: Yeah beautiful we'll briefly talk about the rookies first i think before we jump into mid priced primos because that's that's a, a whole kettle of fish that we'll duck into but just the the rookies that we really need to be having in our sides um, what
1: price point are we starting at we'll
0: start, i've got 250 because that was where i slid the little slidey thing to on the supercoach website we can right. slide it a bit further a bit less if you want i'm gonna but... go
1: 260 just because i don't know who's around that price jack Bowes. Is not changing in price this week. He's what's he? He's around 270K. I want to say. He's,
0: oh, just the worst price imaginable. You couldn't couldn't pick a worse price if you tried.
1: No. Is uh let's just quickly touch on him because he looks good. I know people want to jump on him uh I would say early, two seventy seven K because he scored a one oh eight in his first game. He's one we absolutely have to wait another week on, shortly.
0: Oh god, yeah. I mean, we looked at, you know, saw Tanner Bruin get a plum roll in the preseason and then that didn't eventuate. Jack Bose has come in, got a plum roll. There's kind of some some weird little injuries. I don't really know what's happening in that Geelong side. It concerns me. It scares me. I don't want to touch it with a a ten a bar of soap. I don't wanna I don't wanna know it from a ten foot pole. Like just get it out of my get it out of my sight from a from a super coach perspective. It scares oh, me.
1: Patch. Agree. Let's. How are we going to do this? We're we going to do this by position. We're we going to do this by projected price change. You drive. I'm happy to sit here and throw opinions.
0: Cool. I was just going to go through the the old break evens, um, where just, we're going to list a couple of break evens and you know we'll look at whether or not you reckon that player is a must have or not. So I reckon just a, a, a quick yes or no. Harry Sheasel, break even of negative one hundred and sixteen.
1: Yeah, projected to jump 83K this week. Scored 114 in both of his games, uh, yep. which is crazy. He's a must have. Again, I said this last week. I don't think we can rely on him to score these scores every single week. Oh, he no. might score 40 next week with a break in of a negative 116. Doesn't matter if he scores 40 next week. Nope. You put nope. him in your team.
0: You find a way to get him in at 200K. K, K to Chandler at. Break even of negative ninety four. Does he keep his spot when Pickett's back? They've had um, Squarehead Bailey Fritch come yeah. in. Um, they've got a few others floating around in there. Um, I, I don't know. Does he? Does he stay?
1: I'm not sold on his job security, but with a break even of negative ninety four, projected to jump up sixty k this week, he, he's probably. If I don't have these other must have guys, and I've got, every, I've already got them all. And I just need to find someone to turn like a Campbell Chesser in, assuming he gets dropped, or turn a, a Nick Madden in. Cade Chandler's kind of that bracket. He's like, he's going to make cash next week, no matter what. So he is an investment. I'm just not confident he's going to be a long-term investment. Yeah, um, He's probably that next tier. If we were to do a tier video, which we should have done. In hindsight, done. for the algorithm, we should have done a tier video. Uh, Cade Chandler's probably, if if Harry Sheezel's S tier, Cade Chandler's B tier.
0: Yeah, so S S S and A, you you got to get him in, and you know B T is like, yeah, if you can, if you can, Connor McKenna yeah. reckon is A, you you, agree. you you pretty much try and get him in. Ruben Jimby, if you for some reason didn't start him, get him in. Jack Buckley, uh, two hundred and five k for G, GWS. break even negative fifty nine has good job security. Not going to score eighty eight ninety nine every week, but uh, I don't know. Sorry, yeah, not going to score 99 every week.
1: Um, and I think he scored 99 and 77 or something like that. Something like that. Um, um, yeah. Look, he's probably, at his price point, I'm going to say like a C tier just because I don't really trust GWS. 200K is way more expensive than like 123KK channelists. So he's certainly in consideration for my team, but he's not. It's he's not Operation Must Get, this player.
0: No. No, certainly not. No, along. I think Speed here. I like his job security. I think the um, the Eagles love him. They'll give him a decent crack at it. Won't score incredibly well, but I, th- I think he's he'll be good. Do you have to get him? No.
1: no, no, no. Agreed. If you can, and you got all the other guys, sure.
0: Charlie Constable, I think everyone's got him, and likewise with Darcy Wilmot. I'll try and get him if you don't have him, but um, you, you probably got him if you're listening to this podcast. Anthony Community scored 73 on the weekend, break-even of negative 49. We'll play Essendon, who potentially have a depleted key position the stonks back line, depending on how Brandon Zerk-Thatcher gets up. Um, what do you think? You love weird uh, I'm smiling because I do forwards. love Anthony
1: Community. Uh, <laughs> I I traded for you and you drafted him for yeah. me in a keeper league. It yeah. was a very good. Uh, it's very it's, fun. It's last
0: uh, dad, who, what, Matthew Allison and who are the other? Weird-
1: Chapman, I just collect all those terrible, terrible St. Kilda tolls. But no, look, he, the benefit of Community is that he's $102,400, break even negative 49, projected to go up 40K this week. And that's probably under's. If he can perform closer to what he did in this last game, um, he's definitely not a musket. But he, he's one of those guys where if you need to bring in a one hundred two k player to get your the other two premium targets, for instance, that you're trying to get, if you're trying to fit in a Redmond and a Dacos, and you just need the hundred k player, he's the one.
0: Yeah, so you, you wouldn't have a problem picking him over a Chandler if. If it was the difference, playing going from if it's the difference, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Ashcroft, Cam McKenzie, Matthias Philippou, all have break evens of negative forty-five, negative forty. Everyone's got them. If you don't, I have don't them. have Philippou in what my th- team. Do you? Are you going to be collecting Matthias Philippou this week? I don't
1: think I will have the opportunity to collect Philippou. He so he might be the the one rookie that I've I miss on this year. It, it kind of depends on selection, but my plan this week because I've got those two injured premiums. Yep, my current plan is to move them on for other premiums and upgrade Liam Jones. So I'm not super comfortable with him being in my team, despite him scoring 78. If selection plays funny buggers, Liam Jones stays in, I get Philippou, and then round four is when I spend that, you know, 400K or whatever it is. So, But yes, he's, for all intents and purposes, a must-have player.
0: Yeah, I, I think he'll have great job security there and have a decent crack. Jai Menzi. B, B-tier, B tier, probably not. Yeah, you'd probably rather community and Noah Long ahead of him. Um, Miller Bergman, one twenty three k defender. Didn't see him coming really, but I B, yeah, mate, uh, yeah. Eh. Nah. If you you know if Campbell Chester isn't named and there's no one else to go to, sure. Alwyn Davey, I think most people have, and he'd be bringing in Ollie Hollands at an elevated price of 162k, break-even negative 35, scored 71 on the weekend after a, a slow start. Looked quite good from the, the brief glimpses of that game that I saw.
1: Yeah, I think this is about where he scores. I think he scores 65 to 70. I think I have him in my team on the bench. The elevated price is the probably the difficult thing if you're correcting rookies here. At some stage during the season, he will be rested for a week or two uh, just because playing on the wing in your first year is going to be difficult. But he's definitely cementing himself in that best 22. So if you can do it, he's going to probably reward you. But, again, that elevated price point will make it difficult. So I'm going to say he's A, but, uh, yeah, maybe A.
0: Yep. Likewise, Josh Bruce, Max Michelaney, elevated price point. The scoring output is questionable long-term. Would
1: you- Sorry, would you rather Josh Bruce over Mateus Philippou? Um, One's an 18-year-old forward who's had a couple of good starting games. The other's a guy playing a super co- more super coach-friendly role is older.
0: That's a very good question. Um, I like Philippu's upside, and I think St. Kilda rate him, and I, I don't think Philippu's job security is really in question. There's every chance they, they rest him once we get towards the buys, but I I, I think is fine. Um, Bruce, not, I'm not sure if he's that much more of a friendly role um, considering he's playing key defence. He's not playing like a, a third tall. He's not playing an intercepting. Well, lot.
1: they're all tall at the moment. They went from never playing a tall to only playing talls at they the Bulldogs. Did,
0: which which I don't think. I, I don't know. I I don't think there's a massive difference between them. I, I kind of like Philippou, like the cut of his jib. He's got DPP, which helps. Bruce is yep, fine. That's fair. He's that's fine. Fair. Max McLaney is fine. I'm not moving yeah, heaven and earth nah. to get either of them in. Um, Oscar Baker, I think everyone's got, but you you know has has underperformed for now. Sh- sure, if you you need someone, go for it. Um, I'm
1: I'm actually considering like if I didn't have any other issues, I would actually be considering switching Oscar Baker with someone else, but. Uh, as it stands, I probably won't have the ability to make that choice.
0: Yes, which uh, what can you do? Charlie Combin scored 12 um, this week. We're
1: skipping a few uh, 200K players here. We actually. are
0: skipping a few 200K players. We're skipping over like, Tom Cole, uh, Brent Daniels, negative 27 and 26 break-evens. Um, I, I just didn't. I, we're Jones,
1: already... Liam Stocker, I just want to quickly mention, two scores of 74. He's in my side. Don't love it. I don't feel comfortable with it, but I saw – we've already had a couple of people just sort of tweeting us throughout the weekend, is he a must-have? So is Liam Stocker a must-have? No. Yeah, I, I agree. No. He's not a must-have. I he, do have him, but he's, he's not a must-have. He's
0: fine. I, he's kind of neat. I. But, no, I, I don't think either of these three gentlemen are must-haves. They're elevated prices. Um. I, yeah, I sure. Yeah. Yeah. Move um, on. Yep, yeah, moving on. Um, Lockie Cowan, negative 23 um, at 117K. Most people have him. Uh, had a slightly better showing points-wise on the weekend, but...
1: I think his ceiling's capped for scoring. I was hoping they'd use him as sort of that running outlet role that he did in his junior career, and I think he will in the future. He's very clearly just being Lockie Plowman, which is uh, caps his his scoring. Uh, yeah. but. If you've got him, hang on to him.
0: Yep. Um, Bobby Hill, Lamb Henry, too expensive to bring in despite the negative 22 break even. Luke Pedler was very good round one and very poor from a super catch perspective round two, despite doing quite a few nice things. I, I thought he probably could have had a few more points um, watching that game, but I, certainly not a must-have. At 173k, I'm almost considering moving him right along for somebody else.
1: I think that's reasonable. It's... It's obviously going to be pending selection. It's always hard to move guys with negative break evens on because, you know, if he comes out and scores sixty or seventy or whatever it is in the next game, obviously that has flow and effect. But broadly, yes, let's assume selection goes perfectly. He's, I think, he's one you could you could move on.
0: Yep. Um, Bodie Uland, uh yeah, break even negative no. twenty one, not essential if you got him. Sure, don't bring him in if you don't. Um, Oscarella and Hayden Crozier. Anything of note there for you? Um,
1: Hayden Crozier's is a watch. He's a watch. So I know he's one. Super Coach Mama wanted to start in round one, and he wasn't named. And then he comes in and scores ninety six points, outscores Bailey Dale, much to my frustration, in um in round two. So he's a watch. Yeah, he's a watch. Not not jumping on him. Not jumping on Ellen.
0: Are you jumping off Fergus Green?
1: An interesting one, probably another one where I won't be able to personally in a perfect hypothetical world, probably. Pro- probably. I think his job security is fine. His score, he's just going to be a slow burn, which we sort of knew coming into the season, right? So that was the, the downside of a lot of these forward options was that they were all going to be slow burns. Um, yeah.
0: And, you know, likewise, he's playing for If Hawthorne. you don't have him. Oh, don't bring him in. God, no. Yeah. Um, Maybe jump off him. Hawthorne. Not going to kick a lot of goals this year, and you know Greens, going to be a victim of that because he'd, he'd need a lot of them to score points. Jack Whitehall injured and missed. Finn Callahan we have briefly discussed. Uh Will Phillips uh play? Well, where did we land on game.
1: Callahan? What are we telling people to do there?
0: I I don't know. I don't. The aggressive know. play
1: is to we. So the hard part is that round one. What did he score? One hundred and eleven. So we know he's got a huge ceiling.
0: Yeah, one hundred and one. I, I think, think
1: the but... correct aggressive play is. Is move him on and if, generate if he, to someone who's gonna make more cash.
0: If he misses, then I think you move him on. I think it depends oh, yes. on your situation in that if you need the cash to if it's the difference between going from a four hundred K player to a, a Nick Dacos, then you, you move him on. I think yeah. that if, if he's the difference, he's expendable. I you know, I, think I still he'll, think he'll be
1: good throughout yeah. the year. I still yeah. think he'll end up we'll look back and we'll go, geez, he did all right, he scored, he averaged oh, eighty, uh, yeah. he generated some cash. Um yeah. But there are probably more pressing issues at the moment. That more value you can get out of other guys.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, Will Phillips um, was a sub, sub round one. Play. Then didn't play. I think a lot of people still have him. If he, you know, if he's not named this week, you know, still scored sixty five in what three quarters as a sub after coming on for Christian Cherry. Do you do you hold him if he's named this week? Do you ditch? <laughs> obviously, if he's not, you would probably ditch him. But if he's
1: not, you ditch him. If he is. Uh, geez, if he is, that's a really tough question because you don't know if he's going to hold this spot, if he's going to get subbed out. That's tough. That's really difficult. Part of me says, like, assuming you have no other issues, if you had Will Phillips and he was named, I would still, I'd probably lean towards trading him to someone I know. I'm getting X amount of projected dollars out of this week.
0: Mm. It's mm. it's I, but I. They they raid him down there. I think he'll, he's good. He will be. He has proven he'll be good when he's given the role in terms of scoring mm. points. I, I guess you got to ask yourself if you trust Clarko to keep playing him. I oh, I don't know. I I think they they want to, but they've proven they can't quite fit him in because they've got to fit what Liam Shields into that side for some reason.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. Anyway, they're winning games, anyway. so who am I to question yeah. whether or not they should be Josh Goder, You don't need him. He's break him negative three averaging 50-odd. Yeah, nah. Judd McVie, negative three. Don't need him if you don't, don't got him. him. Uh, probably won't stick around that much longer, so flick him when... Would you flick him now if you've got no other injury concerns? Would you flick yeah, him think, across I, to a Connor kind of McKenna or...
1: I think if you have Judd McVeigh you've missed out on one of these other guys, and I think you move him on to one of these other guys.
0: Yep. Um, our, our friend Dara Joyce uh, scored 58. Yeah.
1: Harry and debuted just one to watch as well.
0: Yeah, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. He scored 48, but looked really nice. And I think he's still finding his feet. Ben King, break even of yeah. 11, a positive break even. Scored 70 on the weekend, which is good.
1: I don't really know um, how he got to that either, by the way. I watched that. I was at or, the game. Um, no idea how he scored 70 points. Likewise. He, for me, is for me, a hold. He's in my team. If I. Again, if you're in a situation where you don't have issues, you can definitely move him on to someone with more value. I think he's he's going to build into the season. So I reckon he could score 75 in round 3 and then maybe pop up for a 90 in round 4. I think he's going to be real and then a 50 in round 5 sort of thing. Like he's going to be real slow build. So he's not an absolute priority to remove, but if you have the no other holes to fill, absolutely move him on.
0: Um, and then we've got two more players to talk about. I'll talk about the the one at the bottom first. Toby McLean was the sub round one. Played the full game for sixty two points this week. Break even of eighteen at one seventy eight k. What do with the Bevo salad? Like yeah,
1: lug? avoiding. If you don't have him, if you didn't keep him, avoiding. Uh, look, he he's capable as we saw last year in the final of. Putting up really good scores, but um, no, I don't I don't like it. If you do own him, obviously you hold him. If you don't own him, he's not someone I'm looking to bring in. And to be honest, yeah, even if he comes out and scores 100 this week, I, I just, the Bevo salad's too much.
0: It scares the pants off me. Asafa Radigalia is the last yes. one on the list. Scores of 31 and, as I try and do mass in my head, 45 to start S- the something season. Something like that. Break even of thirteen ruck forward one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. Now there are two scenarios here in which people would have Asava. One would be him on the forward bench with Nick Madden R three in the ruck, and the other one is the one that I'm in with Asava in the ruck on the bench with no loop, no loop up forward.
1: Yeah, that's the scenario I'm in. I've just got him at R three, and honestly, I'm I'm rel- relatively happy sitting him at R three. It's ex- it's an expensive R three. I don't think we're going to have any other alternatives, uh, realistic alternatives. Am I trading him out to a for, for, to a zero to help me enable two other trades? I don't think I am. I think if you've got him, trading him to a zero gets you a hundred and two k player, gets you seventy grand, and no points, which I don't, and no cash gen, which I don't think is an effective way to use it. So I think where you ride server for a couple of more weeks, he may be one of those guys that sits on my bench the whole year. Who knows? But I think for a couple more weeks, you just sit him on R3. If you've got him in the forward line uh, or can swing him to the forward line uh, with Nick Madden, put Nick Madden or whoever your, your swing set is um, into R3, I think you can move him on. I think you can move him on to a, a better cash generator. Well, I chose him knowing personally, knowing he was going to be a bad scorer and probably not make cash, but I'm just so vehemently against starting a zero in my side, and I wanted some ruck cover. And, hey, if Max Gorn had injured himself two minutes earlier in the warm-up instead of after the bounce, I would have at least had another sort of 30 points on field, right? So yep. that's where I'm at.
0: Yep, I think you're right. The well, I suppose there is one more scenario where you've got Darcy Cameron up forward, Um with Sava, and in that instance, I, I guess, yeah, if you don't have any other pressing issues and need the 80K, then sure, trade him down to a Madden or whatever. But I, he, he's the only ruck cover we'll get beyond a Darcy Cameron. So I think I, I'm certainly holding him at this stage. And he's, uh, you know, we're not playing him on field unless, uh, unless the worst happens. And it's just kind of nice to have a, a, a 40 there instead of a, a big old donut.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, right. A couple of names we haven't mentioned patch. Campbell Chesser. No, oh, yes. even is 23, which is the equivalent break even to players you haven't played yet. So averaging 24 points per game. Not good. No bueno. You got to you got to flip him. You got to flip him. You got uh, even if he's named, you got to flip him. You absolutely need to trade him to someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard because he, he's made no cash and his basement, you know, basement price, and it's, yeah, it's it's, a trade. It's but, an you know. awkward
1: one, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt the soul. But it's probably a, it's probably something you have to do if you're listing at home and you own him. I don't think he gets named. If he does, uh, I still think you trade him. I just yeah. he's not gonna lose cash because I don't think he can lose cash from one twenty three k, or he can't lose much cash from one twenty three k. Uh, with a break in at 23, but he's just not someone. Yeah, he's essentially a zero, but he's a zero you can't loophole. So yeah. I'd be trading him.
0: Yeah, especially because there's always a sub-risk of him. If he's named as an emergency, then, you know, he's, he's 50-50 to be the sub. You um, can't even as a loop. He's, uh, yeah, it, it, just, it hurts the soul, which, you know, we, considering he was talked up as a midfielder, talked up as a good footballer, I no doubt he is, and may, you know, one day may well be, but at this stage it it does hurt and we probably need to move
1: him. Um, Yep. Um, Liam Jones. mm. Liam Jones is another name uh, I want to get your thoughts on before I give you my thoughts because I'm just pulling up my numbers on him.
0: Yeah, Liam Jones is, well, I mean, we have the five in round one after he was subbed out, after he was yeah. injured, scored 76 on the weekend. Neither of those scores are what he will score all season. I think he scores maybe 70, you know, gets close to that 76 here and there. I wanted more out of him against St. Kilda, considering how many points they leaked to Brennan Cox last week, where he scored 150 something. Um, I would want more points from him. I don't think it's the end of the world if we hold him. He will play. He will appreciate in a bit of cash. If you've got other fish to fry, go for it. But likewise, if you need to trade him up, if if he needs to be the one to go instead of McKenna, uh, instead of sorry, instead of Chesser, to get to your Nick Dacos, trade Liam Jones out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that's where I'm at. So I've pulled up Bryce Mitchell's projection for him at Bryce Br. I-C-E-Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. You all know him if you're listening to this on Twitter. Uh, Projected score of 70 uh, would give you a peak price rise of 338K by around nine. Um, It'd give you 8K this week, 35K the following week. So that's okay cash gen but i'm gonna make as much cash gen if not more by going up to a a nick day cost which is my current plan i'm I'm currently planning to move liam jones on however i don't think he's a must trade no but you know we talk about stepping stones that's why you start these guys normally you wait till they make cash to use them as a stepping stone in this instance i'm stepping early
0: yeah just right on his head squish his head right down um likewise if you need to go from him to Connor McKenna which is a, a trade I'm looking at doing yeah yeah go to go for it i wouldn't be trading him to a Liam stocker or a jack buckley
1: no 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 no
0: that, that's no, no, not no, no. i don't think that's what we're doing here you're no, either trading you want to be down to someone that will make a lot of cash or you're you're trading him up and using the the cash you've invested in him to then to then go up
1: yep 100% patch
0: radio um, shall we right. move on? We've taken a long time to talk I about know, I know they're, we have. But this is important. the most
1: important round for rookies, right?
0: It is. It is. It's the most important round, arguably, for the year beyond the round one lockout. So apologies if anyone was sitting on a train going, I need these folks to hurry up so I can get off my train.
1: Well, the time codes Sorry. are below. The time codes are below. They are. I always put them in.
0: And we love you for it.
1: Let's talk mid-prices patch. Will field. number one target, AFL.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's good. He's quite good. Um, yeah, yeah. So, averaging one hundred
1: twenty three,
0: one forty seven on the weekend, three hundred forty eight k in the midfield. If you started Jacob Popper, uh, I'm giving like a big L. Um, I started as Jacob
1: Popper well. and Will Setterfield.
0: Uh Yeah, well, I, shut up. All right, the gag was there. Um, I'm now,
1: admittedly, I was anti Will Setofield. You were we very anti Will
0: Setofield. You didn't want to borrow of him, and then no, but, got drunk at a wedding, and then traded him in. So no,
1: no, no. It, that that was the Max Gaon trade. Will right, Setofield wasn't sorry. was not related. I, I, I can't keep up
0: with all of your late changes just before this, round one. I'm I'm sorry. There just there's too many of them.
1: No, the Supercoach, I think it was the Supercoach Insider guys at the uh, at the season launch for Supercoach were talking about him and. I then was doing the preseason cheat sheets and I did a bit of research into him and, and he has had stints where the Blues used him in the midfield where he did sort of average 90 plus. Now, they were never that long. He was always a bit of a butcher, but he always tackled and always got contested possessions. And I one thing that sort of stuck out to me, which is kind of the reason I ended up starting him, um, contrary to my abuse of him, Uh would you look at his high scores against every opponent? And with the exception of like Brisbane and Geelong, he's averaged he has scored a ninety plus against pretty much every side in the AFL. Uh, his low scores are very low, but there is a ceiling there when he has the role. And it's very clear that he has the role. So ninety-nine and one forty seven are huge returns. It's projected to go up by over sixty K this week. Um, he's he's he is <laughs> It's weird to say this about a mid pricer, but he's like operation. We have to get this dude into our teams. He's.
0: Would it be too far to say that he's the George Hewitt of twenty twenty
1: three? Is he could be the Will Brody, or, or I mean, he Will could Brody. be the George Hewitt. I don't know. I don't know if him's – What did he score round one ninety nine? I I don't know. I don't know what he averages. But I, I think
0: look, looking at the role he's got, the what they because they've. He, over the first two rounds, has had the most centre-bounce attendance as acid Essendon midfielder over yep. those opening two weeks. The role is there. They love him. They're getting the ball, well, getting the ball to him, but also he's getting the ball first, getting it out. He's, he's exactly what they want. I think the floor for him is 85 each week, you know, barring, terror, you know, barring injury, barring, you know, a, a really heavy tag, barring something going abysmally wrong. I think the floor for him in that role is similar to the floor for... A premium, it'd be well, eighty five.
1: I yeah I yes I I don't disagree. The role was there. I watched it in, in in I was at the ground. I was watching that game and I was like shit. Yeah, I've seen this guy before. In glimpses at the Blues, they're not going to throw him on the wing. They're not going to stuff around with him playing loose in defence. He's there to do one role. I think yeah. potentially it 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 dies off as the season progresses, but by then it won't matter. Bryce Mitchell's projections: If he if he averages ninety, he peaks at about four sixty four k in round eight. Um, I don't know if he pe- that's his peak for the year, but in round eight he'll be four sixty k. An average of one hundred makes that five hundred k, and an average of one ten makes that five hundred and forty k. So,
0: while well, at one ten it becomes irrelevant because you're exactly. keeping him. You're not exactly. he's, he's not there to make cash. So, I, I think it's operation get get will. Yeah, as you said, you, you need to find a way to bring him in this week. Um, does that, Lake Dog, involve trading out Jacob Hopper if Jacob Hopper is named this week? So if if, if Hopper's not named, I think it's a pretty easy justification to, I know yes. we spoke about holding him, but I yep. think it's an easy swap to go Hopper to Cedarfield. It'll be a popular trade this week, even though the people that did trade Hopper to, say, Jason Horn francis lost a lot of points this week. Um, and yes, probably have well. some regrets, but we won't won't throw salt into into those wounds. Do do you is anyone on the chopping block for set of field? Are you trading like a Lockie Neal who's underperformed mm. to set of field and then using the cash elsewhere? Where how are we getting set of field in? Assuming you don't have, you know, yeah. say say a Tanner Brune who's in the midfield and been bad.
1: I don't really want to move a keeper a healthy keeper to Will Setterfield, because then you're saying, then you're saying Will Setterfield needs to be a keeper. If you go from, if you go from say, let's say Jack Steel 604k, whatever it is, down to Will Setterfield, giving you 250k to play with, you would have to have another mid-pricer somewhere else to jump up to a premium. <sighs> It's difficult. It's difficult. You're definitely going up from a rookie, from a shitty rookie to him. If you have the ability to do that, you're going up from a shitty rookie. If you have a Tanner Bruin, if you have a Finn Callahan, you go up to Will Setterfield. You do that. You do it. If... Going down from a Lockie Neal is difficult. Like Jack McRae. So, do you have Jack McRae? I've got Jack McRae.
0: I do not. I'd switch to Bond and Pally.
1: I'm not looking to change Jack McRae to Will Setterfield.
0: If that meant you could then trade someone like a Fergus Green to Jack Zeeble, who we're going to talk about in a second, does that change your mind when you? Yeah, bring it in? probably
1: does. It probably does. You, you're removing one keeper. For two probable stepping stones, for two stepping stones that are going to produce more points than you're currently producing and more cash. So in that sense, it makes sense. In an isolated vacuum of one for one, I don't want to go from Locking Neil down to Will Centerfield. But if it strengthens other parts of my team, I think long term it does have value. Yes.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I I it I it feels weird. Every fibre of my being is saying don't do it, but I, I think this is the round we we can, and with 36 trades, we can be more aggressive to bring in more of these stepping stones that will get us there faster. We've spoken about it in the preseason. I spoke about it on the mailbag app I was on. I, I think we try and get these guys in. And, you know, Setterfield is one that should be top of the list. Jack Zeeble, you were big on him all preseason. Yeah. We've seen what you said would happen. Um, A genius, great, smart one. Uh, is he is he in the same category? Do we need to get Jack Siebel in averaging 112 yeah. over his yeah. first two on the way to a sad grand final loss against the Dons for North Melbourne, but a valiant <laughs> one nonetheless?
1: Has the role, has the scoring. Now, uh, yes, I'm sad that I let the mailbag boys talk me out of Jack Siebel, but that's fine because it meant that I could get guys like Will Setfield in the team. So, I, Actually, no, it was Harry Sheasel I was able to get in as a result. So I'm not unhappy. The big, big question mark, and people have to remember this because mm-hmm. it could happen this week, Patch. He was best on in the VFL. Oh, yeah. Aaron Hall will come back into this team. I do not know what role he'll play. He was in defence in the VFL. If he's in defence, historically... It reduces Jack Zebel's scoring. It's massive. I don't know what it, what the on-off 20, is, but it's, it's like 25, 25 to 30 points.
0: That's still 80 points a game for Jack Zebel. Is that enough then to bring him in? Because that's, that's my big concern. That's why I didn't start him. It's why I, I'm scared to bring him in because, you know, even if they give him another few weeks, Aaron Hall will come in at some point. But Aaron Hall will come in and play for three weeks and do a hamstring and miss a month zebel's back in form do we ride? do you want to ride that do you want to play the game and and hope that you know you're taking the you're taking the risk basically of how long you think aaron hall stays in that side either as as someone that's a healthy footballer that can physically run or as somebody where north look at him and go well you're not in our best our next premiership side you're you're not adding anything that harry she's was not currently doing off half back why would we play you?
1: Yeah. It, uh, so, by the way, Hall had 38 disposals and 7 marks in the VFL in defense. Um, I, we've seen that the scoring comes away from Siebel. If he averages 80, that's not enough. If he averages 90, that's enough. Who's losing the points? Who's losing the points? Someone's got to lose the points. I don't think they're both scoring 100-plus. Maybe 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 Aaron Hall is the one that doesn't score that much and Zebul continues to score well. There's enough question marks here, and I know guys like um, Abs Magic and all that are saying that he's an absolute must-get. There's enough question marks with the Aaron Hall uh, inclusion for me to say he's not a must-get, though I still think he'll reward you if you did pick him. Yep. Um, 80 points isn't enough. 113 is what he's currently scoring. Historically, Aaron Hall takes away 25 to 30 points of that. An average of 83 is not enough to have him in your team at no. 356K.
0: No, which, again, it'll hurt if they leave Hall out for two more weeks and the Zeebel average is 112.
1: If Aaron Hall doesn't get named, you, you pick up Jack Zeebel, I think. I think. I honestly think if if Aaron Hall's not named in this week, you just pick up Jack Zeebel and you hope because by then... It's only three games till positional changes. He opens up a DPP with defense when he gets given defense eligibility. Like there's a there is actually a bunch of reasons if Aaron Hall doesn't play this week hmm. uh, to grab him because you're guaranteed one good role.
0: And likewise, if Hall isn't picked after 38 touches, you said in the VFL, then what's it what's it going to take to? They're obviously yeah. not looking for him. Exactly, That's a fair point. All right, so I, it I, very I much don't...
1: depends on Hall this week, basically.
0: Yep. Um... I think so. Nat Fife looks injured in 26.7% of teams. You trade him. Um, if yeah, his trade name, him. It, yep. Even if he's named, you trade him. Yeah, No, um,
1: trade him. I wanted to trade him last week. So I, that was in the cheat sheet. Trade him.
0: Yep. Tanner Bruin, trade him. Doesn't have the role, not looking any good in that wing spot. You, you trade him. I don't see the reason to hold him this week. Two Hawthorne mid prices. I'm intrigued to talk about one who you have, one who I have, James Warple and Will Day. Um, both scored 98 and 99 this week. Both have pretty good roles in that Hawthorne midfield. I don't think either of them are must-haves, though.
1: I don't think they're must-haves. I think James warple's a nice to have. He's got the role, but he is he is similar to a Taranto and a Parish. He needs a lot of it to score, which he's doing at the moment. Uh they're awful. Someone has to get their points. Warpal, I think, is a good candidate for that, candidate for that every week. So he's not a must-have. But if I had Setterfield, for instance, and Hopper, I would probably be looking at getting in Warple this week, if I could.
0: Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, the interesting question of who do you trade out, but if you've got Bruin sitting there and can swing him to Warpool, I think it's it's a I, better play yeah, 100%. than... 100%. If Hopper is... So say, say you don't have Jacob Hopper, you're one of the 55% of people that don't have Jacob Hopper. He's named <laughs> this week, coming off a of 119. Do you, do you try and trade him in?
1: Yeah. Uh
0: because a lot of people jumped off last week. They jumped from him to to Setterfield, from him to, to Horn Francis, from him to whoever else. I, I'm almost tempted to try and jump on if I can physically yeah, do it.
1: No, I, I think he's a jump on candidate. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna fluctuate his scoring. I think I think ninety three average, which is what he currently has, is what he'll probably have and he's going to do it by scoring a 120 and a 70 and an 80 and a 100 and a 90 and a 90 and i think that's how it's going to go i yeah i'm i'm all aboard bring him in if you don't have him um i'm not going out like i'm not selling the fun. i'm not i'm not going to trade trade out you know You're not, two trading premiums
0: jack, to- not trading jack mcrae to get field and no
1: the i don't oh, geez it's tempting Jeez, it's so tempting, I, isn't it? God I, you want to do it. That that example, and I'm a McCray owner. I probably really would do that. I, I, th- I he, guess how many spots do you have available in your midfield? There's I lots s- of things to consider. You he, don't want to push Will Ash Ashcroft onto a bench. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. But yes, Bubble Hopper's worth trading in. Yes, if yep. he's named and if he's playing.
0: Yep. Um, apparently. 20,000 people now have Dane Rampy in their side like dog.
1: Madness. I Madness. actually put in the cheat sheet, do not trade this man into your team, and had people arguing with me. They said, but he scored at 150. I said, yeah, but he look at his career scores. <laughs> like
0: I, He scored 82 on the weekend. I, good luck enjoying that for the rest of the year, yep. everyone. He'll be whatever. Um, uh, he'll
1: be... Did you mention Will Day, by the way? I
0: did. Uh, we didn't really talk about him in depth. We spoke more about... Warp day. He had 98 on the weekend. He scored 60-odd in the opening round. Um, didn't really have a role change um, from what I saw from the two games. Um, I think he just kind of got his hands on it a little bit more, was a little bit better with it. Um, playing a mixture of inside and outside midfield, so he's kind of running centre bounces and then kind of playing on a wing or off half-back. So I think there's, you know, I, I think that's about his ceiling. He doesn't go too much bigger than 98. He's... You know, probably floats between between sixty and a and hundred and will average like eighty and that's fine. Yeah. That, that's that's that's, that's fine. Th-
1: he's definitely a hold if I have him. He's probably not someone I'm i I'm trying really hard to bring in.
0: No, if you're trading in the back line this week, you're probably trying to trade in um back-off back-off. or or someone else who, you know, trying to probably go up to a premium instead of a Brennan mid-pricer. Cox. Who?
1: Sorry, apologies to the guy in my inbox who I told not to pick at this. When he had him preseason, yeah, and he's come out and scored about three hundred points. Yeah, uh, Jason Horn Francis. If you're an owner, you have to hold. If you're not an owner, don't trade him in uh, for all the reasons that were highlighted in the cheat sheet. It's like, yeah, he could score one hundred and fifty, but when their full team is there, he could score fifty, and yep. he scored forty five. So, uh, I. I wouldn't
0: be shocked if he scores 160 points in the showdown this week. and If he very 40.
1: well could.
0: And then scores I'm 40 not again. not taking that gamble. No. I've there got are safer those.
1: options at this price.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, If you've got him, maybe VC him. That's my my cheeky shout of the week. But I'm not trading him in. I, again, worried about that fluctuation. I don't really want a bar of it. We won't spend too much more time on those no. mid prices. Dom Sheed,
1: by the way, 88 and 90. So yeah. he's doing what we thought he would do
0: yep he's he's interesting um and then also max holmes as well as that 102 which people were after um sneaky little sneaky little Mm -hmm.
1: is there anyone that people have to trade out in this price point like a ben cunnington right break even 95 has scored 85 and i think he's got 60 in the first week he's a he's a trade for me
0: I think he's a trade. There are a lot of other better options, um, especially if you can swing into that midfield and get some of the guys we spoke about before. Um, yeah, I think he's he's a pretty pretty safe bet. The other ones, um, 1.9% of teams for both of these gentlemen, Tom Powell and Archie Perkins. Powell averaging 73.5 after two scores in the 70s and Perkins with a great round one and then just 45 against the Suns on the weekend after he's one fourteen 14 in round one. I think both of these guys, you'd move on to safer options. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't think there are too many other mid prices worth chatting about. There um, isn't in that range, unless I oh, yeah I don't know who would have too many other of these players. Nope. So I think let's move bring on. it
1: home strong. Let's bring it home strong. Uh, premium selections that you need to bring into your super coach team. Number one target: Nick Dakos Break even seven. Most of you have him in your team. One hundred percent. Bring him into your team. Number Darcy two, Cameron.
0: Oh, number two trade target is Luke Davies Uniac. who is no, not Nick,
1: not Luke Ryan, who's going to score forty one weeks soon. Uh,
0: no, Luke Davies Uniac is somehow better than one of my favourite players in the AFL, Luke Ryan, because he scored one hundred and forty five against um, Fremantle, and sorry, one hundred and fifty five and one hundred and forty three against West Coast. He's Bloody good at football, like dog. I watched both of those games and holy dooly.
1: I know. Stato's absolutely loving it from uh, the fantasy side of things. Look, LDU, I'm almost lucky that Jack Steele is injured because I get to look at bringing in a guy like LDU this week. Yep. Which is an absolute bloody privilege. It's a bloody privilege. He's a beast. We thought it might be the year that some of these young guys, Tom Green, LDU, jump up, and he has certainly jumped up. Now, obviously, you can't get the 300, 298 points that he's already scored, but as I said on Twitter, even if he drops down to averaging 110 to 120, guess what? You're going to be bloody stoked.
0: Well, he's averaged, I saw somebody tweet uh, this week, that he's averaged 112.7 since round five last year. Like the breakout has happened. This is not a yes, oh, we're jumping we are, on the breakout. This is we
1: are, we are mid picking just a very good player.
0: Yeah, he's just he's he's here, he's arrived. I, I, yeah, he's he's a premium and underpriced based on missing, you know, missing yep. the mark a little bit in the early part of last year. I yeah, I'm I'm now in a very very difficult position where I have to choose because I can only get one of them. Do I bring in LDU? Do I bring in Nick Dacos? I I'm going to flip flop about three hundred times before Thursday night.
1: Well, the guy allowing me to bring in both of them is Darcy Cameron who will be coming into my ruck line, averaging 120. He's still sharing time forward and ruck, but break even at 24, $465,000 ruck forward option. Later on, we can always swing him forward. A lot of people already have him, but I think he's number three on my target list this week, uh, averaging 120. He's good, and Tim Mitchell should be happy.
0: Yep, Tim Mitchell should be very happy. I'm also very happy. I've got him proud as punch um, to see him in there. Um,
1: Errol Goulden's probably in the next one, Patch?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I don't mean, want
1: to talk about, like, Matt Flynn and Scott Penderbury and guys like this, really.
0: No. I mean, tip of the cap to Scott Penderbury. Um, God, he, he's doing it again. You love to see it. Um, but, yeah, um, as you said, Errol Goulden is a very interesting one to, to be looking at.
1: Yeah, another guy that actually I, I, I've I just remembered. I can't get LDU and Nick Dacos and Darcy Cameron. I have to choose beto- I, between like Errol Gould and Darcy. I have to choose a combination of them. But Errol Gould up there in the discussion. Uh, this is a mid... We, we are seeing the breakout begin. I'm still worried about his floor. But 107 and whatever it was, 115 from this first game, both good scores.
0: Yep, both very good scores. He, I mean, he did what he wanted, as did the entire Sydney side against Hawthorne. Round one against Gold Coast has a tougher test this week against Melbourne. Every chance they, because he's the in the taggable role in that midfield, you're not going to tag, say, a James bottom in that side because it's not going to do as much impact. But again, i said Nick Dakos would get tagged. And look at me <laughs> now, a fool, yeah. a damned fool. And I don't think that's a massive concern. Um. You know, it'll it'll hurt him a little bit, but I see parallels to Zach Merritt's breakout year, like dog.
1: Right, a couple other guys that present value still. Tim English, even at 580K, presents value with how he's playing. Mason Redman at 510K presents value. Lock him in. And Tom Green still presents value at $530,000. There's a couple other guys that are playing, like Tom Mitchell playing really well, 528. Stephen Ginnigo playing really well at 557. But I'd say the next tier guys that you want to be looking at are like this, Tim English, Mason Redman, Tom Green.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, I also want to get your thoughts on one sneaky defensive option. If you're if you've already got Dacos, you don't trust Redmond because you think Essendon you know, wrongly will lose a bunch of games. Pretty now in the end of the season, Adam Sard has started yeah. the year very well, 115 and 113. Um, he's 567k. It's kind of on the more expensive side, but he's bloody good.
1: Yeah, I had him in my top eight. Sort of, I don't know if I did a top eight or top ten. I can't remember. I did on Twitter uh, defenders. I did average, average and total points, and I had him in the total points top eight because I just think he's going to be a consistent scorer throughout the year. He, it's funny because he's he's they're asking him to be a defender, but he's still finding ways to attack. So he's actually been good at footy and good at Super Coach, which isn't always the case. So yeah, and I love him. One of my favorite players. I don't they're actually starting to use him properly coming out of defense as well at the blues. So yeah, I, I think he's a, a reasonable selection. Like he's uh, a fun pick too. He's like, a fun he's, pick. He's, he's certainly a, a fun. Pick. fun
0: uh, I think
1: whereas we've seen Doherty, he can put out a 70 and then he can put out a 200. I think Adam Saad's like, I'm just going to score a hundred points.
0: Yep. Yeah, or he's, he's between he average high nineties and that's, yeah. that's good. That's good. Um, just very quickly, I know we need to wrap it up because we're, no, we're right. going for an hour. Um, the underperforming premiums. You're, you're Sean Darcy's with a 41 on the weekend. Jordan Ridley with 70 on the weekend underperformed. Jack McRae we've spoken about a fair bit. There are a bunch of players here who aren't injured. They're just crap. What yeah. do we do with these guys who you've hung your hat on as a, a safe selection in whatever line you've got them in and... They've just not been very good. Even your, your Lockie Neal's averaging, you know, you paid $676,000 for Lockie Neal and he's yeah. averaging
1: 97.5. Roy Laird's another one as well, right? And he scored 147, but his break-even is 202. Um,
0: we, I mean, we saw people trade Roy Laird last week and he's now scored 147. Yeah. Is this, is that the cautionary tale? Do you just back I him in? Do we take this opportunity to bring in a hopper and a set of field. We bring in like, I, I
1: I think it is. I think look with the exception of the Bulldogs players, they're probably the ones that I'm really putting an asterisk, asterisk against. Unless there's been a huge role change that you've noticed in your premium selection, you probably shouldn't be moving them. I say except Bulldogs because they play a different position every quarter. It's, it's
0: a, like the under nine sometimes.
1: It is. So let's, I want to put them aside. A Lockie Neal, yeah, he's not playing really well, is he? 96 and 100 or whatever it he's, was, 95 and 100. I
0: mean, he's, he's playing fine, but he's not at paying 600 000. Yeah.
1: The aggressive play, it depends how you want to play it. If you don't have other issues that you need to fix, right, at selection, that's what I'm going to keep yep. coming back to. If I came to my team selection and I had 30 green lights, I would trade Lucky Neal to an LDU and use that 120K to turn, a I, I, I don't know, a Finn Callahan into a, a will set field. I think that is absolutely a fine play, but it's all going to come down to if you've nailed your rookies and your cash generators. That's the focus coming out of this round. Lucky Neil's is going to lose some cash. He's going to lose a lot of cash. But at some point, he's going to be scoring points for you. And at worst, he's still going to be scoring an okay amount of points for you. If you need to turn your zeros or your rookies are averaging 20 or your 200K player that's averaging 30 or your 300K player that's averaging 40, if you need to turn them into cash generators, that's the focus this week. More than moving on these 600, 700K players. I think that's where I'm at. In a perfect world, you open your team, you've got 30 green dots, at the start of round uh, three, hell yeah, let's get crazy! Jack McRae, you're done. Lockie Neal, you're done. Sean Darcy is a different one. I would have no, I, I don't know why he's different to me. I have no issues trading him. I've got less faith that he'll bounce back than a Lockie Neal does.
0: Yep, no, that's fair. I just wanted to to get your thoughts on those guys that haven't quite set the house on fire because they there were a lot of these. This cash will come from to let us bring in these um these point generators, but, you know, I think like so, so the, these Bulldogs players, though, you're happy to trade oh, them. Oh, mate. Well, I'll yeah, just, just use the Bailey thought Bales. on Lockie Neal first oh, sorry. just because
1: I just want to say um you probably don't want to move guys on that you're going to be looking to trade in later again. So everyone is going to jump on Lockie Neal when his price drops. What is he now? He's 670K. They're projecting him to drop into sort of that 580K at some stage in the season, right? Yep. You don't want to trade him out now and then be trading him in again, I don't think. Whereas uh, Sean Darcy, I don't think anyone's chased you know, unless injuries happen again, is running around to, to bring him back in. Um Bulldogs, we'll finish up here, Patch, because we're about to, the thing's about to crash, I think. The Bulldogs players, McRae and Bailey Dale and um, Smith, as you said, I got I got no I I got nothing for you, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really want to trade Bailey Dale. I really want to trade Jack McRae, but I do not have the means to. And Jack McRae, I probably wouldn't because I want to bring him in later. But Bailey Dale, Bailey Smith. I want to trade. I just personally don't think I can.
0: It's, But even, like, they've thrown Caleb Daniel in the middle and he's not scoring points. Like, they're, they're not winning games of football. They're not looking especially good as a. I, I, I don't know what's going on there, and I don't really want a bar of it outside of Bonapalle in English.
1: Yeah. Even, and even, even looking even at then,
0: McRae. McRae's running out of full forward I know. Now on the weekend. I just... I, I'm not going to scold anyone for trading out a Jack no. McRae or a Tom McRae or... You know, if you bought in Ed Richards hoping for a, a skin-cladding year off half-back, he didn't, you know, like he, he yeah, was I'm with right around you, like,
1: you. know what? I'm with you. For the Bulldogs, I think they're a separate case. Trade them all. Trade yeah. every single one of them. Get them out of your team I, because yeah. I don't know what is happening over there. I think the, I just the only,
0: only one, he, like Tim English, is the only one that would be in, locked into that role. I'm still scared. To the
1: I'm scared to trade him in. And I've got to find a replacement for Max Gorn, but I'm scared to <laughs> trade in Tim English, and he's I, averaging 140 or whatever
0: it is. He's the one I'd I'd be really confident in. Marcus Bontempelli scares me because he, you know, taking off the supercatch hat, putting on the coaching one, he'd the he'd be the one I'd have running out of full forward instead of Jack McRae, who is not a forward. Shocking, yeah. scandalous, controversial take. Bont can play that role. I I don't know. I don't know what's going wrong there. Um, I know that the dogs. Players and coaches and fans, they all love Bevo. I can't figure out what that man is doing. Um,
1: yeah, I'm not I, sure they all love him anymore, I'll be honest with you. I, but anyway, the anyway. only the only premiums we absolutely have to trade for sure, I think off the top of my head, are Jack Steele and Max Gore and Tom Stewart. But if there's any underperforming ones in your team, if you think you're going to want to trade them in later when their price decreases, it's probably not worth trading them. But as we discussed, all those other alternative worlds where you can bring in multiple other premiums yeah i don't know trade bulldogs that's where i'm at
0: (laughs) that's where we got to community that's where we've got to um for what it's worth i briefly tinkered with my team and traded out sam doherty and was able to bring in dacos and davies uniac and i feel very good about that so i
1: think you should i think you should i think for for what it's worth as much
0: as do as we say not as we do i'm i'm doing the thing as well so
1: you hey, you can make that decision that's fine that's anyway
0: and good luck have fun with it this week community have fun. this is this is the week where you know outside of the the days before lockout you can play around a lot but also you can't it's almost more fun than before lockout because you you can't tear your whole team apart and try an entirely new structure you're like right this is what I'm locked into yes I've got three trades i can play with it this is you know, we've got the amount of clay on the table that we've got to yes. make our pot. This is where we can actually start tearing it apart and kind of, you know, do, do the thing where it starts spinning and then you put your hands behind mine as you come up behind me and we sculpt the pot together, like Dog. Yes. This is, this is the metaphor. The, Fall, the metaphor is falling apart, but you know what no, I'm no, saying?
1: No, I'll save it. We'll throw the pot. That's what it's called. Uh just as we will throw our Western Bulldogs players from our teams. Beautiful. Community, thank you. Look for value this week. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned on the website, jocconals.com.au for the uh, the mailbag and for the cheat sheets and for Around the Grounds and Panic Room. It's all happening there, Patch. Thank you for joining me. Bloody love you, mate.
0: Love you too, Lake Dog. Love you, community. Go Dons.
1: Go the equally undefeated Blues.